0: You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 193, Amana Marth. Hosted by Dan Terry. It's not why the songs are about Vikings, but it is why the album sounds so good. Buddy Reno. They probably liked it, so they just kept listening to it over and over. And Joseph Wren. And it sounds really fucking good. it sounds really fucking good. That's right. (laughs) Presented by DiscussMetal.com. For whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, he'll possess the power of DOOM! Oh, I guess that means I'm worthy, because I play a lot of DOOM. Then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Buddy. Yo, what up? Who else is going to talk about Viking metal other than the DOOM (laughs) hammer (laughs) in-house? I just want to go
1: on record and say that I absolutely look more like a viking than both of you right now just true no argument i don't even need to take a picture and prove it i mean i'm missing arms i have huge bloody gashes all over my face i mean it's it's been a rough week guys it's been a really really rough week
2: I mean, you could have left it at the beard because I got nothing and I can't.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking about shaving my beard, actually. I'm getting... It'll be uh-oh. back in two days if you do. I'm, I'm getting... I'm, I'm a little bit less Eric the Red and a lot more Santa Claus right now. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I'm not as into that so much. If you <laughs> ever saw that Tim Allen movie, The Santa Claus? I feel like that's what's happening to me. I keep trying to lose weight, and then every time I do, like, my stomach just grows back. It's like nothing I can really do about it. You're and the one that decided to wear gray. red
0: flannel this week. Well, I mean, uh, he
1: doesn't, I mean, Santa doesn't wear flannel, right? Right? He does if he's cold. Guys,
0: right? <laughs> right? We're talking about Marth this week, because who doesn't want to listen to 11 records about Vikings?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think before this, you didn't know that you wanted to listen to 11 records about Vikings. When I listen to what I personally consider
0: to be awesome, fun, but arguably novelty metal, I think of Aelstorm. I think of pirate metal. Then I listen to Amon Marth, and now I have Viking metal. I feel like I can listen to all the fantasy metal that has ever existed and be forever entertained, and Dan is going to be not satisfied because it's not heavy enough.
1: I mean, I think it's not heavy enough. Amon and Marth, though, th- those guys are heavy enough. They're uh, they're very, very... You want me to put the hammer down? Because uh, they do. Um, I mean, as long as your definition heavy is more like melodic death metal and less like, I don't know, like suffocation <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but Amon and Marth's got it where it counts. Um, I feel like their music is actually more powerful because it's more melodic. I think it blends what they're talking about together really well. I think having that epic melodic almost power metal tinge to their playing uh, allows them to play at a very 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 good speed and actually can make you feel like you are in a battlefield <laughs> while you're while you're listening. Uh, and they they do that very very well.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially because like, you know, it's a Viking stories and stuff are always talking about, you know, glory, Valhalla, you know, living for the battle and everything and so their music definitely backs that up it gives you this uh the way that they you know create their riffs and their soundscapes just really plays into that whole atmosphere and definitely yeah it makes you feel like what they're talking about with that glory you know type of mentality
0: and all joking aside i know there are people that take viking history very seriously please accept my apology if i gave you the impression that i think viking mythology is in some way fantasy because that is definitely not my intention. At its core, this is melodic, but it's also intense and up to speed and just like an army, it is trying to mow you down with its intensity and it does not leave you hanging. If you're looking for technical death metal, you're looking for guitar solos and insert all the melodic qualities that you can possibly take, you're going to get what you're looking for with this band.
2: There's even some surprise new metal in in an album. It's not it. Don't spoil the surprise, dude. Come on. On. Come on, man. <laughs> surprise! You can't get away from it. <laughs> uh, they are
1: no more new metal than Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, for all I know, Mickey Mouse could
2: be new metal as fuck, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that track when we get to that album, but...
0: Well, before we talk about Doomhammer versus the world, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. No, I'm not. You guys are just
1: going to figure out five-star reviews yourself. Just, you know, click on the thing and leave us the words and, and on the messages. I'm kidding. If you want to leave us a review, leave us a review on whatever podcast app allows you to do so. Uh, If you just feel like telling us that we did a good job, you can always send us an email at show at gmail.com, and I just want to thank you guys who share the episodes uh, in all of the Facebook groups that I get kicked out of for sharing episodes, so you guys are awesome, and uh, I just want to thank you very, very much for that, and I have a list, I have an actual list of people that are awesome, and they are our loyal Patreon subscribers, which includes the likes of Brandon Miranda... Ken Zappala Tantalized Funyuns Jeremy Prince Josh Moser David Brown Samuel Woodward Brian Dean Kiki Kuti Do You Love Me? I Do Love You Lance Alligood The King of Metal Alexander Patrick Asplund and Jeffrey De Los Santos.
0: The actual Mac.
1: You guys are the music makers you are the dreamers of the dreams thank you so much for helping us out paying our bills, helping us buy awesome microphones Uh, the podcast sounds significantly better than it used to and most of that is due to your guys' contributions so we, we thank you very much for that
0: also shout out to Heil Sound and their glorious Finn microphones if you like the way the podcast has been sounding let us know I know, I even have one of those at home. It's
1: uh, pretty much the coolest thing I have in my house. I mean, besides, like, you know, my wife and kids and you know all that. Well, those are people... I
2: give you one of their microphones. I've only got any, like, line in on my headset that's like 20 bucks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you could totally not tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's
1: yeah, the narrative. That part out. That's the narrative we're sticking with. <laughs> so, Dan, tell me about Amon Marth. Amon Amarth. What is there to say about Amon Amarth that hasn't already been said? Well, it's a
0: lot of songs about
1: Vikings. Holy shit! It's funny though because the name Amon Amarth actually isn't Viking. Uh, it's actually from Lord of the Rings. So I'm kind of flashing back to Blind Guardian here a little bit, but uh, it is the uh, Sindarin
2: name of Mount Doom, Amon Amarth. It's kind of hilarious that you know that they would make their that their name and then saying nothing about Lord of the Rings at all. The only thing so. I can
1: guess is that they, like, started the band and they were going to just be a Tolkien metal band. And then, like, the next day they heard Blind Guardian and were like, well, shit, <laughs> now we have to find our own thing. <laughs> I know what we have to do now. Yeah, we need to, We need to, you know, send ourselves from the Golden Hall or something. But, yeah, so Amanomar, they are a Swedish melodic death metal band. A lot of people like to call them Viking metal I personally really don't like that title because I just I'm one of those people that doesn't feel like lyrical content justifies the actual genre name. Um, so like I, I tend to find like even song even genres like gore grind to be kind of dumb just because it's like it's at the end of the day it's just grindcore. Uh, and with Viking metal, um, even though it's funny because I feel like a lot of the Viking metal bands are kind of more black metal based anyway. Uh, whereas Amana Marth is pretty far away from that as far as being a melodic death metal band. Vocals are deep. Uh, these albums are very, very well produced. They're very punchy. And they they, they definitely fit in that melodic death metal vein uh, really well. And to be honest, I actually prefer Amana Marth's version of melodic death metal to a more traditional, like Swedish, uh, metal death type of band. I don't feel like they do a lot of the tropes that a lot of the other bands do. Um, A lot of their melodies are more universal. So like whenever you actually hear the riffs, uh, especially later on in their career, you're not immediately like, oh, pff, Gothenburg death metal right there. Uh, they don't really do that. And uh, that's probably the most refreshing thing about Amon Amarth is that they play death metal like you'd be familiar with, but they just add melody into it without it necessarily being the tropey melodic death metal thing. So I'll get off yeah. of that. I'll get off of that high horse, but yeah.
0: I get it, dude. You're not a fan of sub-genres because you can take sub-genres too far. If I wake up tomorrow and start a punk band that sings about ice cream, are we ice cream punk? You might be if all you sing about is ice cream. I mean, if I can sell more t-shirts calling myself ice cream punk, I will do
1: that. <laughs> so uh, this is just a preference thing. But uh, these guys have been around for forever, basically. They've, they've been around... Since 1992, uh, they did not end up getting a debut album off the ground until 1998. So, you know, cue in, you know, a billion demos that they probably made in EPs that we're not going to talk about. Uh, (laughs) Because who has the time for that? Uh, But yeah, Monomarth is, they're they're fantastic. The first time I heard this band, I heard them on a compilation. Uh, It was the song Cry the Blackbirds. And uh, the song just absolutely blew me away with how intense it was. And then within three, I think even before the song was over, I hit it was already sending Buddy a text message, being like, Amana Marth, Cry of the Blackbirds, you need to listen to this right now." And uh, you know, Buddy came back about you know three minutes later, was like, "Holy shit, like
2: <laughs> this is yeah, awesome!" <laughs> yeah, I remember we were like freaking out when we heard that song because that's that's still like you know maybe it's also because that's the first song I heard, but. That one will just live on repeat forever because it just you've that doesn't matter what you're doing. As soon as cry, the blackbirds comes on and they say they'll charge like you are in it. Whatever you're doing, you are now two hundred and ten percent doing whatever you're doing.
0: Is this like a faith no more situation? As soon as you hear the first note of epic, you stop what you're doing and start being yeah, fucking much. epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be more likely to do it during A Marth, but yeah,
1: um, yeah I have to agree with that This band is unfuckable with, uh, if that makes sense Is that even a sentence? It is now <laughs> uh, But they are like, I'm not going to be able to objectively criticize this band Because they've kind of Just been rock solid throughout their career So, if you're listening to this podcast strictly to hear me talk shit about bands, you might want to skip this episode because I'm definitely, I don't have a lot of shit to talk. Um, I guess let's just get into it, guys. I mean, we got a lot of albums to get through. Uh, This band is pretty prolific these days. And so we're going to jump back to their humble
0: beginnings. 1998, Once Sent from the
2: Golden Hall. I had never actually listened to this album. Uh, For some reason, I just. Hadn't dove that far back into their back catalog. I think I had um, before really bad versions of these that were not super high quality. And so now that I've you know we got streaming services, a lot of these are much higher quality and a lot easier to listen to now. I was super blown away by how amazing this record actually sounded compared to what I remember it sounding like. Um, it's freaking awesome. If anything, like you, if anything you could levy at it is that some of it kind of ran together a little. But it was super epic throughout the entire, you know, track length. It was crazy how awesome this album is.
1: Yeah, I have to agree for the most part. Um, this is really, really creative riffing. Vocals are not quite the same as what you were going to get from Mono Marth later on. They're a little bit more raspy, a little bit, um, I want to say black metal, but just kind of more of a mid-ranged, like thrash metals, growl, scream. Um, he wasn't full on death metal yet, and his vocals were not unlike... Uh, you know, Opeth's vocals uh, around that time. Um, if you're thinking like My Arms, Your Hearse" era, Opeth, or even even before that, um, like Morning Rise, Orchid, very similar. And uh, also speaking of Opeth, um, they actually, so for One Cent from the Golden Hall, actually features Martin Lopez on drums, who was the drummer for Opeth for a long time. Uh, it's his only uh, Amon Marth album that he's on. But uh, you know, he plays the drums. <laughs> they sound good. Yeah. He does his job. He do, he he plays the metal drums real good. Uh but like, yeah, this this record is really cool. It does sound like a debut album in the sense that it is somewhat riff salad. Uh there's a lot going on, you know, when you're writing your first album and it's in kind of a melodic death metal style like this. Yeah, I mean, you've probably written 700 riffs up to that point in your life and this is your big shot. You know, to put out your first record, to prevent, to present your version of heavy metal to the world. And, uh, you know, so you're going to put, you know, probably 549 of those 700 riffs that you wrote into that first album. Uh, and that is, that is a little bit what happened here. Uh, the riffs are great. The ideas are great. Uh, they're not super skilled songwriters yet but this is still monumentally good. Um, and I think that there is a little bit of a correlation to how long the band had existed prior to recording this um, to really, really get their skills. Because I feel like I feel like here in America, you know, uh, you start a band, you've written three songs, and then you're out recording your demo or your debut album within like a year or two of becoming a band. Whereas these guys had grounded out for like, you know, six, seven years. Uh, prior prior to uh recording this record so you're getting a more well-seasoned band even though it's a debut record and i think that's largely why it's as good as it is and of course they kick in with the viking theme almost immediately on this record that's going to follow them through uh i'm not going to get too deep into the lyrics because a lot of this stuff i actually have to have like a thes- a uh, thesaurus on hand because i have to like actually know what they're talking about as far as the mythology goes because like Nile, they are just all about it. They're like really, really into it. And uh, sometimes you have to like familiar, familiarize yourself with the
0: actual terminology that's being used. It's 1998. You know? We're listening to Riff Salad play the fucking guitars. It's great if what you want to hear is an old school sounding thrash influenced melodic metal record. The vocals are old school enough. They're not quite death metal, but clearly we're not trying to be pretty with our presentation
2: yeah i mean jonah hasn't you know or johan yeah johan uh yeah let's let's start that over go ahead johan hasn't really yeah uh like come into his own as to you know what he wants to sound like yet uh so that's why you know he kind of sounds like other bands you know in that time period which you know nothing wrong with that at all because it sounds still sounds great um but uh yeah it's it's just a solid listen um, I was going somewhere with that, and it's completely gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not listening to this record looking for my life to be changed by the melodic metal. I'm listening to this because it's heavy. It's got those thrash tendencies. It has riffs. What else do you want?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could say anything, you know, really negative about the record. It's a great sound listen, which I think is going to be a a constant theme that we're gonna see throughout every single album in this discography.
1: Yeah, I love this I love this record. I actually uh so after obviously the first record that I got by this band was uh with Odin on our side. Uh, I think we all did. But uh I found this record for I think like two bucks, uh in the metal section at Slackers in the mall. And old uh, school. Yeah, I picked that I picked that thing up. It was like it was one ninety nine. Uh, I still got it and it's the original version and um yeah, it blew my mind. But there's something the buddy was saying about like it being lower quality. I think the original versions actually do sound shittier than the stream versions. I think the ones we're hearing on stream are actually like remastered in some capacity, and so they sound a little bit better.
2: That would make sense because it looks like um, once sent from the Golden Hall had a 2009 remastered edition. That's probably uh, so- what
1: was being streamed. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah. The CD version I have doesn't really sound very good.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah, because I remember, like, being turned off by this album and, you know, just kind of sticking with their newer material. And so, but I was listening. I'm like, wow, this is amazing.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you guys know you're supposed to get that thing mastered for CD before you release it, right? You can't just copy <laughs> the cassette tape Shut using it. D- <laughs> and then we got to redo this. <laughs> yeah. And then
2: Joe
1: just, you know, ended up with like a fucking broadsword through his chest just there. Uh are we ready for the Avenger? Oh, man, the original Avenger. Notice it's not Avengers. You
0: only need one. Right. The Doomhammer. Only Hammer. need one. <laughs> 1999. I'm happy with some dark metal riffs with double bass drumming and songs about Vikings. How does everybody else feel about that? <laughs> I mean, that is kind of uh,
1: that is kind of the name of the game here. Uh, so you've, you've got, a, you've got a, uh, a a sophomore record by Amanah Marth recorded in the exact same studio uh with the exact same producer as the last record uh so you know you already kind of have a winning formula right out of the gate um, this record actually sounds a little bit more raw to me uh in the vocal department and stuff it, it seems like like maybe they were trying to do something a little bit different but for the most part if you liked once sent from the golden hall you're gonna like the Avenger."
2: Uh, it's also another great album and you know uh I- I won't say it's like B sides from once sent from the golden hall, but it you know, that. it came out so close, you know, to, uh, once sent that, you know, there probably were definitely some ideas that carried over from the last album. Uh, but again, you know, it's another like super solid release, um, with Jonah, maybe, or Johan. I'm going to screw that up. Like every time, <laughs> <laughs> Johan <laughs> and the big hammer. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, with him, you know, still continuing to trying to find what he wants to sound like, uh, you know, and set himself apart, which I think happens more like around the fourth album or so. But, yeah, yeah, it's still still super solid.
0: It's a melodic metal band. If the B-sides sound like the songs on the previous record, I'm happy with that. I've heard worse B-sides than a melodic metal band doing more of the same. Yeah, totally. And uh, apparently they, the, during this time, the
1: band was in some sort of feud with the band Hammerfall. Um, and the band ended up making a statement saying, I guess, like, Hammerfall said that, that Amon Amarth was, like, ripping off of a bunch of other bands and were, like, completely unoriginal. So then uh, Amon Amarth responded with, like, look, you know, if anything on this record you think sounds like another band, just know that we didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I can't think I mean obviously I wasn't plugged into the Swedish Heavy metal scene at that time uh, But I, uh, I I haven't heard A whole lot of bands that sound exactly like Amon Amarth um, I think Amon Amarth Is really good at sounding like themselves Almost to a, to a fault But I, I don't necessarily hear any other bands That
0: I'm aware of that sound like Amon Amarth What you have heard though Is an infinite Number of metal bands that have This same general feel Yeah so, are we really gonna focus on a Marth for ripping off a bunch of other bands? How many of those bands didn't sound like the other bands playing at the show that night? Well, I just I think it was just some shit talk between bands.
1: I don't think that there's a whole lot really to pull out of that. I just wanted to mention it that they had been accused of basically being a copycat band. Which I think is super weird because like we grew up during metalcore, which was like the age of copycat bands, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, it doesn't really hit, it really doesn't hit me here in the States too much. Like, okay. Yeah. This, cause there's a lot of times where I'll like still listen to the ripoff bands anyway, because maybe they do that thing. I like better than the band that does the thing that I, you know, you know, that I like, uh, I've run into that tons of times where I end up liking the ripoff band more than the original band.
2: Yeah, sometimes the copycat's got some banger tracks. You don't exactly. You you never know. (laughs) Exactly.
1: You gotta. I gotta
0: listen to the whole record three times just to make sure. (laughs) Buddy, can I get you to lift that hammer up for a second, please? Hammer. Just hold it up over your head for a second. 2001, The Crusher. Drop the hammer. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can take a break while you two talk about this record for the next seven and a half hours. I don't know about seven and a half hours. I mean, the crusher is, uh, where they kind of start
1: changing their sound a little bit and they become just a little bit more brutal, I think, than they, than they had been before. Um, I think this album has a little bit more death metal, like traditional death metal, uh, ideas in it. The drumming is faster. The riffs are heavier. It could also just be that they're being recorded better here. Uh, this is where the vocals start going in a little bit more of an extreme direction. Um, Still, still, one hundred percent recorded at the same studio. Um, actually, you know what? Let me, let me double check that. Okay, yeah. What was I even thinking? Of course, it was recorded at the Abyss and done by uh, <laughs> and done by Peter uh, Peter Togtugrin, who does all of the uh, who did like all the early uh, Monomarth records. Uh, so yeah, same thing. But like the band obviously uh, was going for a much more brutal sound on this record. I think the riffs are better. I think this is where they stop being a riff salad band and start actually composing songs uh, out of metal, picking the best riffs that they come up with, the best ideas that they can come up with. And then you get some actually like really, really memorable, melodic uh, lead guitar work on this record. really stands out more than their other stuff, whereas I feel like on the other albums, as good as they were, there wasn't a big enough distinction between maybe the lead guitar work and the rest of the guitars, everything just kind of muddled together and it still sounded good, but like here there's like a clear separation, um, for, for solos and, and just, and just really, really, really cool leads and transitions and changes and other technical to guitar shit that I don't know anything about. Um, but like basically the songs are just better. They, they stick with you. Um, they're more memorable. They're more hooky than they were
0: before, but also heavier. It's not just a pile of riffs. But riffs that breathe long enough for you to remember what the song sounded like the next time you listen to it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. There's not much I can I can say that that would be different than what you guys have already said. It's it's another you know super solid release. And yeah, I can definitely say I agree that uh, this is when they're starting to you know compose songs more. Uh, track you know like song lengths are still you know up there. Like I think all their albums have been mostly like forty something minutes, which is almost on the verge of too long but it never it never is you know it's it's just right uh for these guys um and they seem to stick to that uh and yeah it's it's another solid solid release i don't know what else we could say about it (laughs) and i
0: know it's old school but i think it's perfectly acceptable for metal songs to be longer than your standard pop song if you want to put out five minutes, six, seven, eight minute songs, that's okay. That means you hopefully composed it and allow the song to breathe. You know, there gets to be a a center section with some melodic changes, and I'm gonna play a lead for the next four minutes, but that's okay when you're talking about classic metal songs. So I'm glad to see that same composition in 2001 still happening and for the most part this one just sounds like another record that's much more focused but it still sounds like a Marth.
1: i think that this was the first step towards the more modern sound uh that they would get more popular for here in just a couple of albums uh because you know whenever whenever we jump into the next record uh, versus the <laughs>
0: world um uh, you got to read the whole title dude 2002 Amana Marth versus the world. All right, fair enough. Let's play.
1: Um, uh, very <laughs> v- versus the world is much more the Amana Marth that we know today. Uh, this is where the songs kind of slow down a little bit. They get that kind of like um I like to call it like a march almost instead of like a full-on run. This is where like we go to do and the vocals kind of start having that swing to them like into the riffs. Yeah. I think the word I'm looking for is groove, but it's not quite a groove.
2: Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's their own groove that they've kind of defined as what they sound like. It's like this is where their sound starts to really shine through. And it does have to do with that, you know, super that slower pace that march that you're talking about without them you know having to go brick deck speed all the time
1: vocals are much more focused and deep on this one like this is where not only are the vocals super deep but they're actually due to like how deep they are they're actually more understandable much easier to follow uh, than they than they were before when it was more growl-based. Now with it just being that kind of guttural grunt, dude can actually speak slower because the songs are slower. And so you actually get a much more clear picture uh, of what's going on in the actual songs. Uh, this, is, this is almost a night and day difference. And I think it has a lot to do with they went with a different producer on this album, a different studio, and they were able to pull a different side of the band out that we hadn't had before because I think the first three records it was just come in plug in everybody's got their own assigned seating you know their own everything set up that, and <laughs> go yeah we're going to do another yeah we're going to do another Amon record and it's going to sound exactly like this you know uh, so this is an out of, you, out of your comfort zone different different producer different studio uh, different ideas different setups and
0: they really really pull the modern Amon Amarth out of it it's a welcome change when you go from the classic sounding metal songs to a slightly slower pace, almost like a sloppy cassette tape dirge. It's like they're playing five beats per minute slower than they want to, but they're doing that because somebody is telling them to slow down and let the song breathe. It works for them because you can hear everything they're doing.
2: Well, what's great is too, is by doing that more often, then when they do want to take it to the next level it has that much more oomph to it you know
0: i'd like to quote dan from probably 25 years ago in order for you to have a song that is fast you must first have it next to a song that is slow otherwise it is not fast or slow it is just the same pace. It unless arrives
2: precisely when it means to. Unless
1: it's napalm death. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot more else to say about this record. I mean, it's a melodic death metal. Uh, you know what? I have to make a special point. I really liked the part in the album where he talked about Vikings. <laughs> and I'm about not even. I'm not even. Part. Yeah, and I'm not even saying it to like be like mean or or anything like that. It's just that like this is one of those bands where they're going to always give you the thing that you want. As long as by whatever circumstances you became a fan of this band, if you like anything that they did, you're never going to get in a Monomarth album. you are going to be like, well, that fucking sucked. You're never going to, you're never going to have that reaction because they're always going to continue to do the thing that got you into the band in the first place. Uh, so whether, whether it's the deep vocals or it's the, the Viking thing or it's the melodic guitar work or it's all of those things, uh, they're gonna continue to do it, so it's like at this part of the discussion where the albums might seem like they're bleeding together. And I just wanted to make a distinction, even if we don't spend a lot of time on a record, it does not mean that that record's not really fucking great. Uh, it's just that they kind of all are.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just seriously, just open, open the thing, open your, you know, collection or whatever. Pick one of their albums, and you're gonna have a great time. Doesn't matter, you know. Just listen to something absolutely and it's going to be fun yeah better than the other side of the coin there with the uh, pirate metal I'm still a little bit bitter that ale storm never really got any track better than drink that's still my favorite by them and have only- you not listened I- to Mexico I have not because so I you're to a bunch of other stuff by them waste the time I'm so what you're saying is you're
0: misinformed it's a huge waste <laughs> of time
1: <laughs> that's if that ain't the pot calling the kettle black I don't know what is 2004 <laughs> Fate
0: of Gnomes. Norns. Norns. That is an R. Yeah, Fate of Norns. <laughs> yep,
2: the kerning on that's a little bit weird.
0: <laughs> Did you guys want another record by Amana Marth that has a march-type feel to it with some riff-tastic guitar work and some slightly slower double bass than what it should be? And um, just in case I haven't sold you on this idea yet, Stay with me on this one. Vikings. I mean, if you got a theme, go with it, you know.
1: Um, I have to read this quote from their lead singer specifically about this album, where he's basically (laughs) confirming exactly everything that I just said about the last one, uh, where he says, the sound is more mature than on previous albums. I think the foundation for this sound started when we changed studios from Abyss to Burno, where we got when we got working with uh, Burno Paulson. Uh, we improved the sound a lot for this album. We were able to take all the instruments. We were able to make all the instruments work better together, and still make them prominent one by one in the production as well. We were also able to keep the heaviness and brutality. We need
0: to be a Monomarth. <laughs> I'd like to take this time to congratulate a Monomarth for continuing to be a Monomarth yes we definitely. appreciate that you continue to make records that um don't just sound like a monomarth but they are a monomarth yeah, this record's great um fate of norns it's a
1: classic it's one of my favorites absolutely um i'm a really big fan of uh fate of norns with odin on our side and twilight of the S- thunder god those are kind of like the viking trilogy for me uh <laughs> as a listener and yeah, spoilers um, yeah, spoilers. So, yeah, I mean, I think Faded Norns is fucking great. Uh, what else do you want me to say?
0: Do you really
2: want me I to mean, skip that the next two records? <laughs> no, you can't skip the next two. No, we don't skip. <laughs> we don't skip. We never skip Amon of Marth. When it comes on, you listen to it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like why, like, this would be, you know, I know these three are kind of my favorites as well because we heard with Odin on our side bought it, loved it, wanted more so we picked up Fate of Norns, loved it wanted more, then we waited for the new album to come out and pick that one up as well and then, you know, life happens yep. but you keep in touch
1: <laughs> There's always an a Marth album waiting for you when you come back um, so that brings us to the uh, kind of the, the first record that I ever heard by the band 2006 with Odin on our side Oh man, was he ever?
2: Oh man, I think we heard Cry the Blackbirds, you and I, Dan. Yep, and I think the next day or that day we drove up to Best Buy looking for this thing and got that like double digipack. Yep, thing. I got one and you got one. Yeah,
1: yep. Uh, so this was another, this was another uh studio and another producer, which I think is why this album is just a hair catchier than what we had ever really, really gotten from the band before uh, these songs actually have choruses you know they're not like la 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 singing choruses or whatever but like if you look at a song like runes to my memory uh which has an actual like chorus um and you look at even like with odin on our side follows a very verse chorus verse song structure uh it's a little different from melodic death metal and like normally when i'd be explaining all this stuff i would say like and that's why they suck and that's why they sold out and i hate this band uh but that's not actually how i feel about it i feel like it when a band is telling stories like amana martha is telling stories i think having that narrative structure mixed with a more traditional song structure really works especially whenever you're kind of slowing the songs down anyway uh in order to be a little bit more mid-paced like i don't have like a lot of love for mid-paced metal but for whatever reason the way amana marth does it it like works really really well for them and like what they're trying to do um but this record you know vocals are kind of louder than everything they're like really showcasing his voice on this record and um they really do a great job of making a more palatable i'm sorry they do a really great job of making a more palatable version of what they do like for the masses and it's no joke that this was kind of the biggest uh their biggest breakthrough uh over you know internationally
0: and it definitely sounds like an audible improvement on the previous records the ideas are still there the composition is still there but somebody spent a lot of time making this record sound good and it's really the first time it doesn't sound like an old school metal record
2: yeah this definitely felt like they were taking their sound and modernizing it but they did not lose anything that makes them them and i think that's what helps make this album just there's there's there is one song on this album for everybody and it will sink its teeth into you and not let go oh, and yeah. you know, for like us it was cry the blackbirds and like in the past uh, year or so i've just i've really attached to runes to my memory for some reason it i popped on a shuffle while i was hacking away at vines that were growing on this tree and i'm like this is just the best thing ever so <laughs> i just put that on repeat for like an hour this is <laughs> my vine cutting song <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's go yeah. by. yeah like go by with odin on our side it's a sure thing you're gonna love it don't tell yeah. me how to spend
0: my money this is
1: This is the first Amon Amarth album that, or not even Amon Amarth, I would say one of the most accessible melodic death metal records. It's not like the most brutal death metal or technical death metal that exists out there, but this is the record that a kid hears that's not familiar with the style and is like, ooh, I really like this. And that's what gets them into stuff. But it's not like, it's not cheap or hollow, you know, like some of the more like, like, because we kind of tend to shit on like gateway bands. Uh, And I don't think that Amon Amarth is a gateway band, but I do think that this record in particular is more of a gateway record. It's a record that if you're, if you are able to get past the growling vocals, then it's going to open you up to an entire world of music like this. Uh, And I think that's, I think that's one of the most exciting things about this band, because when Amon Amarth came out, a lot more do, you know, here in the States, a lot of dudes were suddenly like way more into Viking shit than they used to be. And, um, you know, obviously dudes started growing beards. I remember like in the Midwest, it was huge. Like everybody was like growing beards and wearing like a little, like Norse, uh, necklaces and stuff like, like the band, the band actually kind of was a little bit of a phenomenon over here. Now, of course, none of those dudes would admit that they got into North myth- mythology because of Amon and Marth, because that wouldn't be the cool thing to say, but we all know it's because you heard cry of the blackbirds and it made you feel special. And, uh, you decided that you were, uh, that you were Viking and I get it, uh I, I went through the exact same thing. That's why I still have I a mean, beard. Yeah, but I'm a grown ass man.
2: well if I could grow a beard, I would. <laughs> I've tried, but it just you don't want to see that.
0: You could just bend over and draw a face on your ass.
2: Hey, there you go. How do you know he I hasn't accomplished the same task? How do you know he hasn't?
1: <laughs> you don't know. It's the wolf, man. You don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All Twilight right. of the Thunder hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on.
0: <laughs> Twilight of the Thunder I, I, picked, I picked a bad time to make Buddy laugh. I like that you said that this record can open the door for a new melodic metal fan, because the vocals specifically, no matter how harsh they are, are mild in comparison to some of the other records that were coming out at this time.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because like, like Dan was saying earlier with him, you know, with Johan going more into the deeper register he somehow becomes more understandable and since the songs are more mid-paced for the most part you know with certain exceptions uh it's he's definitely more understandable uh throughout the entire record and it's a lot easier to then pick up on what he's saying and get into the theme and then with the band just being so melodic while not losing any of that heaviness it's you know it, it definitely i could see that catching on with someone um uh, you know vocals are not Uh, Because I could even see that as being, since his vocals are mild, potentially getting them into uh, more extreme vocals later because they catch on to Johan's vocals and really, you know, dig it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that this is one of those things, too, that if you really listen to it, you can be like, yeah, it's all growly and stuff, but like the music actually sounds really good and kind of kind of really gets under your skin. Um, and that was perfectly crafted and i think uh like when when you get to twilight of the thunder god uh like at this point this band is like completely unstoppable 2008 they're unstoppable on this one because they they have a new legion of fans uh from with odin on our side um they're a they're they're a band that is on a whole nother level at this point in their career
2: yeah i mean even ign has a review for this album like really <laughs> video game website is covering you know a uh, Swedish death metal band
1: yep because it's it's just too cool we can't we can't let it go the Viking aspect of having your own Viking themed death metal band really caught on for Amarth that in a way that uh, Egypt for Nile did not
0: um, so yeah. it's one of those uh, now that you mentioned that buddy it's not that far a step to go from God of War in 2008 to Norse mythology yeah, it's really not. Like, it makes tons of sense. Yeah. uh And so, and you're all...
1: yeah, go ahead. I would say just with with Thor and everything, you know, uh, I think people were also very interested in Thor at that time, uh, which also kind of led to like, well, here's this death metal album that's also talking about Thor. Like, I think for some people, it was almost just part of the uh, part of the wave and interest in the uh, in the God of Thunder.
2: Yeah, and I mean, and I think Joe hits a good point that with like God of War. You know having been a super successful video game franchise uh that got people into looking into greek mythology and stuff like that and then you end up just crossing over into norse mythology and other mythologies and you know a lot of that norse mythology is pretty cool and so then you find you know you start looking up oh, da, 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 thor and then this pops up and you're like this is awesome yeah <laughs> yep it's they should make a movie make about him <laughs> <laughs> just wait a couple of years <laughs> right yeah
1: that's what I'm saying. They'll make a movie about him at some point. Um, I even like make a God of War game where
0: he just jumps from Greek into Norse. <laughs> uh,
1: I like that. I like that with. Uh, I like the Twilight. Of the, da, 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 da. I like the Twilight of the Thunder God has uh, has the uh, the singer from Entombed doing vocals on uh, on a track on the opening track actually Twilight of the Thunder God, and I think that like at this point the band could do whatever they want. And uh, good thing for us that what all and Marth wants to do is sing melodic death metal songs about Norse mythology. That's, like, literally all they want to do, you know? Uh, some girls, they want to have fun. Some girls, they just want to have lunch. Some Swedish death metal bands just want to talk about Vikings. Uh, and that's uh, that's okay. Like, that's perfectly fine. This is a band that really never sold out in the traditional sense. They just got as good... They just got as big as they did just by sticking to their guns. <laughs> like or you know yeah. their battle axes
2: i mean at this point that's 10 years into releases and if if anything you know songwriting quality has has improved and production quality like they ha- they are still the same like awesome band as the first time you heard them and it's like it's like a fresh box of chocolates every time you get a brand new album absolutely and uh <laughs>
0: get a brand new album we did 2011 Surtur rising, Surtur rising. I love this record. Uh, My favorite part about it is whenever they talk about Norse mythology. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Do you consider that to be the highest point in the record or in the discography as a whole? Well, I mean, if you know anything about Surtur,
1: you'll know that like Surtur is this. Big, big, huge badass that it takes multiple <laughs> warriors to take down. Is he literally huge? He's he's literally huge. He is the Goliath of North mysel- He is the Goliath of Norse mythology. Um, Surtur is is a terrifying sight to behold, uh, and you can actually see Surtur right there on the cover of the album, uh, about to lay some smackdown on some poor bastards on some horses. Uh, it's really rough, <laughs> and I feel really bad for him. Um, again, uh, I don't really hear a whole lot of improvement on the Amon of sound. And that's kind of the only, that's kind of the only criticism that I do have after with Odin on our side, the band kind of just became kind of the same. They, they, they kind of stopped having that improvement in songwriting, that improvement in production. And it's entirely possible that they just took it as far as they could go with it. But once it's your full-time job, then you just commit to it fully and just keep doing it, right? I mean, that's what any smart person would do.
2: Yeah, I wonder if that's why, like, I like I still, I think this is still a super great album. I, you know, enjoy it, but this one just didn't, like, stick with me for some reason. You know, because I've been listening to this one for a while, but it, it was never one that I typically would gravitate toward. Because um, I, I never really felt like anything was as stand out as twilight of the thunder god or cry of the blackbirds there was no real single song that uh, kind of jumped out at me like the previous albums
0: right it's not a bad thing that the band is still writing melodic death metal songs about vikings but what you're getting is the classic metal record feel of here are the songs for the next 45 minutes you're going to like them and when the record is done you might listen to it again but there's not one song, one riff that really stands out and pulls you back into this particular record. Now we're at the point where every record is going to give me what I want to hear when I listen to Mono Marth, but very few are going to give me one specific thing that I reach for. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a problem going
1: forward for the band, honestly. Um, and it's not even a problem. I mean, this is where they start having fun. Uh, they, uh, they do some cover songs, uh, on, you know, as bonus tracks. Uh, so they even, Joe, you'd, you'd be, did, did you happen to catch the amount cover
0: of balls to the wall by except I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Cause I've got it pulled up right here. It's actually not on this version. Let me see if it's on the other version. Uh, it looks like
2: it's yeah, only the on the version this...
0: I had. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it, it, uh. It says it's it's
1: from the deluxe CD DVD bonus bonus tracks uh, that I had to actually find this one on YouTube.
2: Yeah. The only one that I had access to was Ariel's. Uh, yep, Ariel's. Yep. That was weird because I'm sitting here listening to it and like, yep, yep, yep. And then all of a sudden I'm like, why do I know this? But it doesn't sound like what I think I know and completely forgot that they did that cover. Okay
1: it's kind of like uh it's kind of like whenever i first heard tourniquet by evanescence after realizing it was my tourniquet by soul embraced and uh yeah for real except it was in reverse Uh, i heard the death metal version first
2: (laughs) (laughs) which was way better thank you very much (laughs) i think i was sitting
0: there the day you heard that you had about two minutes of don't i know this song and then immediately went full red face rage like no Rocky Gray did not let this happen. Look at how they massacred my boy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Massacred my boy. Uh.
0: Balls to the wall is one of the best one hit wonders of all time. I actually think the first record by accept is a very solid metal record in the eighties. Unfortunately, the band did not have a second balls to the wall, but if you're going to play balls to the wall, and you're gonna play it the way Amon Marth plays it. This is what everybody wishes except had kept doing at this point, because <laughs> this is one of those songs. Yes, it's on, okay, yeah, we're gonna fucking dance. Balls to the wall, hell yes. This is a welcome departure for me from the Viking metal, but at the same time, I think this is what it would sound like if Vikings were singing the song. <laughs>
2: i mean i think this is like uh you know like a a call right here to be like please please put out the cover album and just make everything in your own style because it would be freaking awesome
1: cover albums are a waste of my your time come on (laughs) he refused he
0: would not listen to copies clones and replicants after last week yeah by power man (laughs) 5000 yeah i just refused just straight up refused deceiver of the gods
2: covered all of it
1: hmm (laughs) still no it's a no for me dog
0: 2013 deceiver of the gods that's right we're back baby this bitch was produced by andy sneep is that why it sounds so cohesive and awesome and has songs about vikings it's not why the songs are about vikings
1: but it is why the album sounds so good <laughs> It's not, this sounds great. Uh, I don't necessarily think that they're that they're really reinventing the wheel here, or reinventing the Viking boat, or whatever it is that Vikings use, whatever the name of the ship is. Um, but I, I will say that like it's starting to get a little exhausting with this band. Um, but it's only exhausting because of the way we did it. It's exhausting because we listened to all of these records in a short period of time, one after the other. Uh, and unfortunately, that just starts making stuff sound um, real, sound like it's running together. If you are a hardcore fan of Amon Amarth, you get a new record every couple years. And the only record that you listened to before that new one came out for, in the time between was that old record. So you've got it worn out, all the songs are different. So in two or three years, when another record comes out, you buy that new record, and then that becomes the songs you listen to for the next two to three years. Because the band is still consistently giving you what you want, um, then you're gonna totally be fine with it as long as it's like in intervals. So whenever I say exhausting, I only mean it's exhausting to consume it the way that, that we had to consume it uh, in order to do the show. If you're waiting for this if you're waiting for these records to come out and listening to them in the normal time frame, you're not going to feel that way it's not a it's not a slam on the band or anything like that um i feel like these guys are just legitimately unironically doing what they want to do and um, it sounds really fucking. And good it sounds really fucking <laughs> good that's right
2: yeah that's can't understate that you know it's yeah it's it's uh again another solid record i mean you know apparently about.com described it as a letdown but I mean, even quote-unquote Amanomarth's Letdown is better than your favorite band's record. So, you know, we can leave it at that. Uh, I mean, there's still some great catchy songs on here, and I I couldn't describe it as a letdown or anything by these guys. Um, This is another great album with a solid mix of songs.
1: Absolutely. One of the best, for sure. Um, I don't know if the gods were deceived or not, but, you know... Here we are, but they were definitely metal moshing yeah Out. outside in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well and I think I think too that you know we are reaching a point with this band where the stories that are being told in the songs maybe take a little bit more precedence to the fans than necessarily the music itself because like as music critics, I'm sitting there being like, I like this riff, I don't like this riff. I like this one. I don't like this one. That solo sucks, that solo is awesome. you know that's what I'm listening to whenever I'm listening to these records. But I feel like, as a fan, when a new Amon of Marth record comes out, you don't—you're not looking for it to reinvent the wheel, like musically. You're like, oh man, what are they talking about about this? Like, I feel like I feel like you should earn a college credit in mythology by listening to Amon of Marth uh, because you <laughs> do actually learn a whole lot of really cool and interesting stuff. And uh, so, I think that's really what the appeal is at this point is that the music's not gonna like win you over or change your life but you are gonna care about the themes of the songs you're gonna it's like blind guardian i don't love every blind guardian song but like i might like i might like one that talks about a book i like you know or or something like that And i feel like it's very much the same way with amana marth i feel like if you're a die-hard fan then you want to hear more about um you know a specific deity in that uh you know in that mythology um but you also get some rock and tunes to go with it. I think it's it's a whole thing now. It's like a, a theater project. It's not necessarily just band, a band writing riffs that they think are going to sound good. Now it's like, we're going to take a theme. We're going to run with it. Uh, we're not necessarily going to make like concept albums, but we're just going to take a theme. We're going to run with it. We're going to make it interesting. And we're going to make it like always fascinating. Um, and I think that they do that really, really well with these albums. 2016, Yom's Vikings. Okay, everything that I just said is, I, is
0: yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Let me grab the time machine, go back to five minutes ago, and get five minutes ago Dan to come tell me how he feels about this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I feel about Deceiver. I'm <laughs> It's a record by Amana Marth produced by andy sneep and it sounds exactly like what you're expecting if you want songs about vikings that are melodic with double bass and heavy melodic guitars you're going to get that i'm sure there's more to these records from the mythology standpoint if i was reading the lyrics word for word and trying to follow with the story then i might find more here than what i am personally seeing But I don't think that these records have a concept where it's focusing on a story or an idea or something that the band adapted, fabricated, put together and said, this is what our record is going to be about. I'm sure every single one of these albums means something to them, but I'm just getting more of the same with this one.
2: This one actually is a concept album. But wait a minute, Dan. I thought that Vikings were the entire concept. They are, though. (laughs)
1: i mean this is still very much about vikings but this is they're technically their first concept record um there there is a story it's like a love story i mean it's all still taking place in the fucking (laughs) world of the vikings uh but this one actually does follow a storyline uh with the with the lyrics and all of that but like it's I understand where Joe's coming from in that if you're really not paying attention to that, you're not going to pick up on that. There yeah. are some yeah, interludes, I mean, there are some interludes and stuff, but yeah,
2: I definitely didn't pick up on it. Uh, you know, I until I re-listened to it and then looked up some info about it just to you know see more behind the scenes stuff because I'm still you know even though I really enjoy this band, I'm still you know more of a passive casual fan. You know, I'm almost 40 years old, so I don't pour over all the interviews and blah, blah, blah that bands do. I just, new album's out. Great. I'm going to listen to it. And so I look up that this is a concept album. It's like, oh, interesting. I had no idea. No. What else you got this week? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Well, and that finally brings us to an album, you know, that was hinted in the first uh, Clerks movie called Berserker! My love for you is like a
2: truck berserker. No, no, not that berserker. The album by Amon Amarth. Come on. But it's berserker. Look at that. Look at his face. That's his
1: <laughs> metal face. All right. That's enough quoting Kevin Smith movies. But so, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're 11 albums in, man. Um I'm just gonna say this for hopefully the last time uh, in, in in this uh, don't forget about your final thoughts in this episode. this is a album by Amana Marth It is done in a style of melodic death metal. The songs are about Norse mythology and Vikings. It's great you're gonna memorize the riffs you're gonna love it you're gonna you're gonna soak in the album. It's gonna make you feel very empowered. you're gonna cut the grass faster than everybody in your neighborhood. Um, Hell yeah. But that's that's it. This band is, um, this is one of those bands where like I'd love to shit on them for not being super innovative, but um, they're really fucking
0: solid. They're really fucking solid. Like, it's a sure thing. Every, every single, single thing is entertaining to listen to, and if what you want to hear is melodic death metal, you're going to get it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Coca-Cola came out with New Coke and had to go back.
0: <laughs> but
1: Amon and Marth Amon Marth would have knocked that new cola out of their hand And been like no Just do the thing that you set out to do And drink Royal Crown <laughs> Definitely drink Royal Crown But yeah I mean that that's Amon and Marth people they're, they're a fantastic band I guess is what we're trying to say um, and I would say in the future, definitely expect more of the same. Uh, and you're gonna be, you're gonna be They've fine. Given with it. us no reason to expect otherwise. They're what every unpleasable metal nope. fan wants: is a band that never changes and always does the thing that they want you to, that you want them to do.
2: But it's so good, you also then like unpleasable metal fan then can't really complain because it still sounds fantastic
1: is that a challenge believe can, me unpleasable metal fan can complain i could find something to complain
2: that about. that is exactly why Let's he's see it. unpleasable see it. bring it dan
0: <laughs> oh i got this ladies and gentlemen unpleasable metal fan The vocals are too deep he should go back to
1: the to the black metalish style on the first couple of records and like honestly um with odin on our side has like choruses like what the hell is up with that like Are they some kind of like weird fucking pop rock band now like i don't under i don't understand like i didn't used to think that my girlfriend would listen to a monomarth but i guess now my girlfriend i mean if i actually had a girlfriend would would you know actually listen to this band um, they're like a teeny bopper band I mean honestly at this point they need to just go on tour With Inflames and just get it over with I And was,
2: that's your trailer for the episode How was that?
1: How Was that, was that pretty Was that pretty unpleasable? <laughs> I, think we, I think we need to start uh, I, th- I think we need to start adding an unpleasable metal fan segment Into every <laughs> episode Because <laughs> all you have to do Is just come up with the most random shit That you could possibly say And be like yep that's my opinion on it And it works because <laughs> it's
0: different than what everyone else's opinion is You love it It has to mean (laughs) something. Very well. Final thoughts on Amanah Marth. Buddy.
2: Uh, I mean, uh, we've said it basically for what the past hour, like just pick up any album, whichever one, throw a dart at a wall. I don't care. Maybe I do care. Pick Odin on our side. It's friggin' amazing. Anything that you pick up by these guys is going to be a great listen. Uh, And yeah, just sit there and enjoy this band.
1: Damn. What about you? Uh, Fucking Vikings, dude. Like, let's do it! Like, a hundred percent. No, this band is this band is awesome. Check them out. You can listen. You can start with whatever record you want. But like I said, uh, probably just start. Like Buddy said, like just start with with Odin on, on our side. If you like that, you're gonna be in for a good time. If you hate that, you might want to go back and just listen to Clayman re-recorded by In
0: Flames. Don't do that to yourself.
2: Well, if you hate this, then you obviously don't like music.
0: I really like Marth when I'm listening to the band. There is not one thing that they do that brings me back to them, but I do come back to this band because I enjoy listening to them. I enjoy the solid, melodic death metal experience that I'm getting, and consistently I'm getting that on every single record. The band really does not misstep. A melodic death metal purist may say that the single bait was their misstep, but for me, I don't agree. If the band did anything, they spent more time creating more solid audio experiences, and you're not going to fail if you pick up any record in the discography, and that is your introduction to this band. You are absolutely going to be entertained. So listen to Amana Marth.
1: Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is uh, with Odin on our side by Amon
2: Amarth. Got stuck on it. Buddy, what about you? So Uh, I could echo the sentiment, uh, but I'm not going to because I always spin Odin on our side. So I'm going to say "Once Sent from the Golden Hall because that really surprised me with the 2009 remaster. How awesome that record actually is. Arden Lopez,
0: man. For me, it's Tyrant of Death, Nuclear Nanosecond. Because when the Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal soundtrack is not enough, just listen to Tyrant of Death. Take us out, DFT.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. If you like what we do on Discography Discussion, leave us a review on whatever podcast app that you use to listen to our show. If you want to reach out to us for any reason, including band requests, interview requests, or you just want to say hello... You can send us an email at danandjo at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal, on Facebook under Discography Discussion. You can join our Discord server. There will be a link in the show notes that will take you right to our Discord server. If you want to get yourself some sweet Discography Discussion merch, you can head over to our Teespring store. There will be a link to that in our show notes. If you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. I have heard that we have some sweet perks. And, uh, we do, Dan. Oh, th- oh Awesome. Then, then I wasn't misinformed. Fake news isn't real. If you uh, just absolutely cannot get enough of the sound of my voice, uh, I do stream on Twitch two times a week on Mondays and Thursday evenings at 10.30 Central Standard Time. Uh, I play a variety of different games, so if you want to come by and say hi, definitely do so. Uh, We have a lot of fun on there. So uh, with, with all that out of the way, we will see you guys next time on Discography
0: Discussion and on that note this has been episode 193 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts including google play apple podcasts and stitcher visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion and please send questions and comments to dan and joe show at gmail.com if you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. Good show, guys. Yep. <laughs> there we go.
1: I'm out of here.